Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is a massive honor to be with you today. I've got a word that I'm really, really, really excited about. And if you've seen me the last few years, I love to preach. Not as good as a preacher as Pastor JJ, but I love to preach. And today's going to be a little bit different because I really have this burden to equip the saints, to equip believers in an area of their life that maybe you've never walked in and maybe you've never experienced it. And I'm going I'm to help you today with kind of a, it's, it's a very a kind of subject that people avoid, they have a lot of confusion over, and I'm going to make it real practical, real clear, and we're going to practice it today, and it's going to help you. So I wasn't even creative with my title, so I want you to take notes. I want you to take your phone out. I'm okay with you taking notes on your phone. I'm okay with you writing it down. I want to talk to you today about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to think of the fact that God is able to lead every single decision you need to make in life. And I want to teach you how to live a life 100% led by the Holy Spirit. In just a few months, the state of Florida is going to experience this one interesting thing that we get to experience where the weather changes just a little bit and it becomes our Florida fall. How many fall fans do we have out there? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I love the fall. In Florida, if you're not from Florida, let me tell you how it kind of works. Our temperatures go from an average of about 95 a day all the way down to about 88 a day. It's beautiful. And when this happens, it's bizarre because the whole area changes. People put their flannels on. People in my church, they'll put like, they'll, they'll have like little, little uh, sweaters on and they're, they're walking around and they, they think it's so good. They get their pumpkin spice lattes. How many pumpkin fans are in the house? Like my, my wife, she'll buy a pumpkin, put it outside her house and it's like rotten in an hour. It's just weird. And then all of these farms across central Florida open up to fall festivals. Anybody been to a fall festival before. Yeah, it's, it's one of those experiences that is absolutely horrible to attend. And it's really horrible if you have little kids. Now I have five kids that are 10 and under, but we go every single year. So this is a picture of my family. Last year at our fall festival kind of experience in some place in middle Florida, and you can see the kids are smiling only because I made them smile. And their faces are completely red. You can see my baby with her face red right there because it's so ridiculously hot. It's overpriced. It's a lot of people, and it's a miserable experience. At these fall festivals, they have this thing called a corn maze. Anybody done, been through a corn maze before? Corn mazes are where they create this kind of bizarre, demented farmer, takes a tractor, they make this little maze through. So my family goes through them every single year. It's a bizarre experience. We go through and we start out all happy and we're all happy and we're all excited and we're walking through. And then we walk down and they're like, which way? And I'm like, I'm like kids, it's this way. Follow me. And we're walking. It's all good. Until we walk for a while and we hit a, a dead end. And this experience goes from happy to depressing very fast. 
very fast. We got to this moment, it was about two years ago, where we got lost in this corn maze and it was absolutely miserable. Kids are screaming, I'm frustrated, I'm losing my temper, and I finally, I'm able to look right over where the corn ends at the top, I'm tall enough to see over it, and I saw the guy who was working there. He was the farmer. You could tell, got his overalls, few teeth, he's ready to go. He's the one that created a sink. And I look over at him and I said, sir, sir, and I got his attention. I go, listen, my family, we're not having a good time. We're done. How do we get out of here? And in that moment, something amazing happened. He got off his little stand that he was at and he walked through the maze and he got to me and my family as we were lost in this maze. And he looked at us and he said, come follow me. We go and we start following him as we had been lost in this thing for a good 45 minutes. It only took about two minutes and we had made our exit never to return again. And in that moment, I started thinking and I talked to my wife and I said, isn't that just like the Holy Spirit? That when you hit a dead end in life and you don't know where to go, God has not left you stranded. He has not left you stranded by yourself. He has sent us the Holy Spirit to lead us through the corn maze. And your dead end looks different than my dead end. Your dead end might be the job you're in and you think you should get the promotion but you don't, and you keep hitting a dead end, what do you do? You need the Holy Spirit. You're in your relationships, and you're single, and you wanna get married, and it's a desire in your heart, and then you find this guy, and he's a journey, and he's worshiping, and then you go on a date with him, and he's a, he's a dead end. Come on, somebody. Come on, some of y'all dated some dead ends, you know what I mean? What do, what do you do, what do you do? You need, you need God in your life. You need God in your life. Hey, how about this one, ready? You, you go through and you're going, this is gonna be the year. I'm gonna read the Bible in a year. And then you get to Deuteronomy. <laughs> and it feels like a, it feels like a what? A, a dead end, doesn't it? And you're like, how do I get through this? You need the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm gonna teach you how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus addresses this. Because Jesus came and led the disciples out of the dead ends of life and into what we call life and life to the full, the fullness that God has for us. And when he was leaving the earth, he gave the disciples this promise, and I want you to see it, John chapter 14. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, and here's the word, advocate. Say advocate. advocate. He said advocate. Advocate is, means this, if you're taking notes, you can write down. It means one who comes alongside. So it's, it's, it's the man who is there at the, at the corn maze. He comes alongside. It's the guy at Home Depot. Aren't you thankful for Home Depot employees? When you're like, I need this certain tool, and then I'll go, I think it's somewhere on the other side of the store. He's like, I'll come with me. I'll show you where it's at. He, he's, he's an advocate. He says, I will give you another, an advocate, and look what it says. And it says it like this, and he will be with you, how long? Forever. And he's the spirit of truth. And then look at this, the world cannot accept him. And by the way, that right there is why some of you have avoided the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you've, you've learned from the world that the Holy Spirit is weird, that the Holy Spirit is spooky stuff, it's abstract, it's out there, and you don't understand. The world wants nothing to do with them, so you've bought into that lie. Let me just encourage you today, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are very weird. But the Holy Spirit's not weird. So he says the world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. 
I love this, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Imagine, imagine going through life and you have a guide, an advocate, what school to go to, what relationships to, to be in, how to have conflict resolution, what career you should take, how to experience healing, how to read God's word, how to be in ministry, how to build a company. There's a guide for your life called the Holy Spirit and I wanna teach you how you should be led by him. Are you ready, church? Because here's the reality, ready? Because everybody's led by something. And you're either led by your flesh or you're led by the spirit. And let's be real, most of the terrible mistakes you've made in life <laughs> are because you were led by your flesh. You look back and you go, man, I should have never responded to that person that way. What was leading you? Your flesh. Your flesh. You, you know you should have never posted that thing on social media. <laughs> what got you there? Your flesh got you there. You, you get there and you go, oh my gosh, I should have never got that cat as a pet. Your flesh, your flesh always leads you the wrong way. So how do we do this? We gotta be led by the Spirit. Paul says it this way, and we're gonna be in the book of Romans chapter eight. We're gonna break it down verse by verse. I love this book, because Paul writes it to equip the church in Rome of how to live a life led by the Spirit. And he says it like this in chapter eight, verse 14. He says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So as children of God, we are led by his spirit. So here's the question we have to ask. I'm gonna break this down in two parts. It'll be very clear to you, and then we're gonna put it into practice. The first part is, if the Holy Spirit's leading us, what does the Holy Spirit lead us to? Like, what's the, what's the end goal? What's the end of the maze? And I broke it down in a few things. If you're taking notes, write them down. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit leads us to Christ. So the first role or the activity of the Holy Spirit is to draw you to Christ. This happens first when you get saved. You see, you got saved not because you raised your hand or because you did enough good stuff. You got saved because you're in a service like this or in some moment and the Holy Spirit gripped your heart and drew you to Christ and you said yes to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do because his job is to bring you to him. And the Holy Spirit does this. The Bible says it this way. Let's pick it up in Romans chapter eight, verse three. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, in other words, you couldn't do this thing on your own, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the what? The Spirit. So we, as believers, can honor God, can live right before God. Why? Because we came to Jesus not by on our own, but because the Spirit drew us. Is there anybody thankful that the Spirit drew you to Christ? Come on, isn't that good news for you today? And as a believer, the Spirit continually draws you to Christ. That's why we're gonna start a season where we now have a prayer season in the church. And what's gonna happen? The Holy Spirit's gonna draw you deeper and deeper, and I want you to understand this, there's more of God for you to experience than you've ever experienced before. There's more of Christ for you to know than you've known before. You've got to let the Holy Spirit lead you to Christ. Can I hear an amen, church? I love how A.W. Tozer says it. He says, I don't want the world to define God for me. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal God to me. And we need the Holy Spirit because he leads us to Christ. Here's the second one. The Spirit leads us to peace. <laughs> In other words, he's not gonna lead you to drama after drama after drama. 
And some of you all, your life is just wrapped into drama. Think of the girl, Emily. And Emily's like, Emily, I, I just have a problem with Jessica. And I don't know about this church because then I had a problem with Michael. And then I had a problem with, 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 with Sarah. And finally, someone needs to tell Emily, guess what? You're the problem. You're the problem. Drama follows you everywhere. Why does it follow you? Here's why. Because you're being led by your flesh instead of led by the spirit. Look what Paul says. Look what Paul says. I want you to get this because there's such a call in the body of Christ today to bring peace into every situation. In a world that's in turmoil. Look at it says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance to the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. So what does the spirit desire? The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and, shout it out loud, peace. peace. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what the world needs today? And all the division, they need peace. So what do we do? As believers, we walk into every environment led by the spirit of God and we bring peace. We bring it in our home. We bring it around our kids. We bring it in our school, in our workplace. Everywhere we go, peace is present. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. I'm going to carry peace into the situation. Why? Because I'm led by the Spirit of God. It'll change your life. It, 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 it. Let me tell you what peace looks like sometimes. Peace looks like sometimes where you want to respond to that social media post and you just go, I'm not going to. And you know what that, that is? That's the Holy Spirit going, I'm bringing peace. We're that person, the crazy uncle that you have, and he says that stupid thing at dinner, and you go, I'm gonna get him this time. And then you just go, you get a check in your spirit. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit going, I'm gonna bring peace into this. My wife and I, we've been married like, I don't know, 13, 14 years, a long time. And, uh, and there's many times, even in those arguments, we'll get arguments, we'll just, oh, we just need to pray. We need to take a time out. And I love it that if we get these times alone with God and we just, okay, pray. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will always tell her how she's wrong. It's incredible. <laughs> Doesn't happen. It's, it's amazing. Even in our marriage, there's peace in our marriage. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is involved in it. Holy Spirit will lead you to peace. Number three, the Holy Spirit leads us to holiness. He's called the Holy Spirit because he produces holiness in your life. So if you are one of those people who are really connected to the Holy Spirit, yet you have no real holiness in your life, I would say you're not connected to the Holy Spirit I know. You've got to like actually let it produce some fruit in your life. And what happened in the church of Jesus Christ is I saw it over the last few decades is we became more in love with the gifts than we are with the fruit of the Spirit. And it became everywhere. I remember I grew up in a wild, crazy, charismatic church. If, you, if there was a gift of the Spirit, we all had it times 10. I mean, it was wild. And it was wild. Every service, it was like a circus. You know, it was just like, it's wild. And I remember there was this lady, and she was like the most spiritual mother of the church. And she would, every time there was a word in tongues, she would give it. Or there needed prophecy, she was the one to prophesy. She was the, the woman of God, and she was the meanest lady I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> I'm just mean. I mean, I was a little kid just running around the church, and she'd always point at me, Aaron, you can, she had the longest finger. Aaron, you just, you just, I remember no fruit in her life. I mean, her marriage fell apart. She went through multiple relationships. She never could have good relationships with her family. Her kids hated her, and I was so confused. How was somebody so connected with God, yet so disconnected from holiness? 
It didn't make any sense. Because we, we've broken this down where we make it about some emotion instead of about real life change. And that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in your life. Let me tell you, he'll, he'll put a spotlight on your life. He'll tell you, hey, don't talk to your spouse like that. Hey, encourage your kids better. He'll do this stuff. And he's not doing it to shame you. He's doing it to change you so that you can be all that God's called you to be. He's trying to get you out of that corn maze. Look what he says. Look at verse 12. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And that's the reality. You go with whatever your flesh wants, sleep with whoever you want, do whatever you want. I'm telling you, it'll kill the call of God on your life. He says, but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. You will live. A.W. Tozer says it again this way. He says, religion can reform a person's life, but it can never transform him. Only the Holy Spirit can transform. So you want to make it better? You want to get better? We all want to end this year better than we started it, see breakthrough in our life, overcome that addiction. The only way to do it is to be led by the Spirit of God. You know why? He's going to lead you into holiness. Here's the fourth one. The Spirit leads us to understanding our new identity. You have a new identity in Christ. When you get saved, the old is gone, and you become born again. And if you're born again, you gotta figure out, okay, who am I now? Who am I in Christ? And we don't know, it's, it's confusing. Like, I, I've got a new start, who am I? Well, here it is, the Holy Spirit tells us, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. He tells us, you're a child of God. The Spirit who received, who received does not make you slaves, so that you fear again, rather the spirit you received brought, you, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Can I get a good amen today, church? Like we get to share in it all. Why? Because we have a new identity and the enemy is in an all out assault on your identity. He's trying to get you to question everything. Question God, question the church, question your purpose, question doctrine, question your gender. He's trying to get you to question everything. And I'm telling you, he knows that if he can get you confused, he can get that, that call of God canceled on your life. And the way to find it is you gotta find clarity. Who am I in Christ? And the only way to get clarity is you need the Spirit of God to lead your life. He leads us into our new identity. Number five, are y'all still with me? The Spirit leads us to strength. When you're moments of your weak, and you're going, I'm, God, I'm gonna kill these kids if you don't give me some strength. <laughs> you're studying for that exam, you're overwhelmed, it's too much, it's too much. You're trying to live holy and righteous, you're trying to live in purity, it's a lot. You need strength. Well, what do we do? Look at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes with us through wordless groans. He, he, he's praying. He, he's on our behalf. He's interceding for us. Why? Because when we're weak, he's strong. 
but you can't do it on your own. If you're in here today and you're feeling exhausted and you're feeling tired, I want you to know you have not been called to live this life alone. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by him and he'll strengthen you to do what God's called you to do. Here's the last one, ready? The Spirit leads us to our ultimate purpose. In other words, there, there is an exit to the corn maze and the confusion of life, but you gotta get there, and the only way to get there is the Holy Spirit leads us. How do we get there? Look what he says. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Everybody goes, I want to know God's will. Here's how you know God's will. You get in touch with his spirit, and his spirit leads us into God's will. And look what he says, and you go, well, Aaron, I just, I, I've submitted myself to the Holy Spirit before, and I went through a bunch of bad things. I got this bad diagnosis and this bad job loss and this relationship fell apart. What about the bad things that happen after we're led by the spirit? Thank God for the next verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Even in the bad things, God's leading you to your destiny, church. So where does the Holy Spirit lead us? I want you to see this list, six things. This is the end destination, ready? He leads us to Christ, to peace, to holiness, to a new identity, to strength, and to our ultimate purpose. Aren't we thankful that we don't have to get there on our own? We have God himself leading us, amen? So how do we get there? How do we get there? Let me give you some practical tools that you can practice even today. I've had to live a life led by the Holy Spirit, and I'll do these real quick. Here's the first one, ready? You gotta release control. Because you cannot live a life led by the Spirit of God if you're in the driver's seat. So you gotta release control. And here's what I've realized about God, is God will take control of your life and lead you to breakthrough. But as soon as you take the reins back, he releases it. Because he's not gonna fight with you in this thing. He says there's gonna be no other gods before him. So you gotta make a decision who's in control of your life. I, I love how Paul says in, to, in the book of Galatia, Galatia, he says, so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, and I want you to get this, so that you're not to do whatever you want. So I wanna to talk to some 22-year-old that's in here today, ready? You're not to do whatever you want. Well, it just feels good. I don't care what it feels good. You're not to do whatever you want. Well, I'm an American, and as an American, I have the freedom to do what I want. Wrong. You are a Christian before you are an American. And your Christianity subsedes your citizenship here on the earth. So we do not belong to just the laws of the land. We are submitted to the law of God. And God says, I'm gonna be in control of your life. So we do it his way, not our way. So let me just say it this way, ready? Surrender is a daily decision to let God lead. And some of y'all, you have to make that decision every single day if you wanna be led by the Spirit of God. 
Because it's not like, oh, 15 years ago, I made a decision to follow Christ and that's good enough. Let me tell you, you gotta make it today. Are you surrendering your life to him today? This morning, 5 a.m., wake up. First thing I do, same thing I do every day. Roll out of that bed, get on my knees and say once again, God, I'm submitted to you. I can't do this thing on my own. I gotta release control. Here's the second one, ready? How, how do we be led by the Spirit? You gotta watch and pray. It's, it's a theme throughout the scriptures of how to live a life submitted to the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit is you watch and pray. You see, the disciples failed on this on the night Jesus was betrayed. Remember, he brought him to, to the garden. And he said, I want y'all to pray with me. And then he goes away and he comes back. And what are they doing? Sleeping. They're sleeping. And Jesus said this. He says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And then he says this phrase that's so beautiful and so real. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Isn't it the reality with all of our life? All of our lives are living in such a way that our flesh is weak. We all have those moments that our flesh is, gets to us and we go, we don't know what to do. Here's what you do. You look with your eyes and you go, God, what are you doing in this moment? I'm submitted to you. What is the assignment? I wrote it down this way. Ready? There is a God-given assignment in every environment you're in. So I want you to get that. When you're at that family reunion and you're miserable out of your mind, and you're going, I don't even know why I'm here. There's a God-given assignment for you. I, I remember just the other day, I, I was in some event, and this, this event for the city, and I was there leading in prayer, and I remember sitting by the side going, I've got so many other things to do right now. And then I thought, whoa, no, 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 Aaron. God led me here. There's a God-given assignment. There was some person for him, me to minister to. There's a God-given assignment, but you gotta look for it. I, I have this sign that I, uh, I teach it to my staff all the time, our leadership all the time. And it's a sign that you maybe have seen before, but most haven't, okay? So and this sign helps me understand how it is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it's all over Florida, but people don't know this sign exists. And the sign is this, it's a yield sign, okay? So you might not know this, but these are on the streets right now. <laughs> most Florida drivers do not understand this. And a yield sign means this. It means to pause and give way. So, so it doesn't mean stop. It doesn't mean pull over. It means just pause. You get to that intersection, it says yield. You pause because there could be an 18-wheeler coming at you and could destroy you. So you got to pause and give way. Here's what you do. Ready? Before you make decisions, yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield. In other words, pause. And Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this moment? Hey, hey, before you respond to that person online, yield. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to write? Before you say yes to the date, <laughs> yield. Yield. You know what you're going to do? You're going to pause and go, God, do you really want me to do this? It's going to save you from some heartache. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Here's what you do. You watch and pray. Holy Spirit, what do you want? And I'm telling you, it's not as difficult as we've made it out to be. When you yield, he'll guide your life. Here's the third one. Ready? It's that you got to take a risk. How do you get led by the Holy Spirit? Is you, you sit there, you release control, and you watch and pray, and then you've got to learn how to start to take some risk. Like, you've got to put your faith in action. If you take notes, I, I, I say it this way all the time. This will be a good little one-liner. Ready? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That's how you practice faith. 
James actually says it this way. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. And you know why so much of our world out there is suffering right now? Because there's a lot of Christians that are Christians with their, with their mouth, but they're not with their heart and with their actions. Because we know what to do. The Spirit leads us, but we just stop. We know we should pray in the mornings, but we just don't do it. And because we don't do it, we wonder why our faith is dead. Take a risk. Here's the risk, just obey God. As crazy, as weird, as bizarre it might be, just obey God. Just the, uh, I, I'm getting done with a sabbatical right now, and right before I took the sabbatical, I was in a service, and I felt the Lord tell me to go around the room, and there's someone he wants me to pray for. And I was like, God, I, I, got, I gotta preach. I gotta, and I was like, no, I need to be obedient. So I did it, watch and pray. God, what do you see? What do you wanna do? So I went to the back of the room, this lady, she grumps up and grabs me. She said, I'm so glad you're here. She said, I need you to pray for my husband. He's been in pain for months. He barely was even able to make it in the room. So I was like, okay, all right, well, I'm gonna pray. And I prayed in Jesus' name and prayed in faith. And, and I said, amen, all right, great. And I go back on the stage and then I go to preach. After the service, and I preached on family, some, something random. After the service, I go to leave. And uh, I go to leave out the back of the door and it's packed and I'm trying to move through the people to get out there so I can greet everybody on the way out. And as I move out, this guy runs up to me and he says, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I say, oh, cool. I, I thought he got the message. Like, hey, God, awesome. Apply it to your life, it's awesome. He goes, no, 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 you prayed for me. And I first time I haven't had pain in two different, two months right now because God healed me in your service. I got the healing. You just take a risk, take a risk. You go, well, sometimes I take a risk and it doesn't work out well. That's why we trust God. We trust God, but take a risk. I really felt in my spirit, there's people in here that you've just stopped taking a risk. You started playing it way too safe. Like somebody, you won't even go to next steps because you're like, I'm just gonna be an observer. I'm gonna sit on the outside. I won't even join a team. If I join a team, I might get hurt like I got hurt in the past. Take a risk. You started giving and then your finances kind of tightened up a little bit and the economy's kind of messed up and you pull back your giving. Here's my challenge for you. Take a risk and trust God. Watch how he'll honor a life of faith. Here's what I believe, ready? The spirit is too powerful and our salvation is too significant to play it safe. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Too powerful, too significant for us to play it safe. How do we be led by the Spirit? Let's end with this one, ready? We just rely on God's power. We rely on God's power. Like when you take that step of faith, it's not about you, it's not about your ability, it's not about what you can do, it's about the fact that you know what, I'm not great, but God is great. I'm not powerful, but God is powerful. I'm not sufficient, but God is more than sufficient to do the miracle I need in my life. So we gotta rely on Him. On his power, Paul says it this way. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm telling you, 
God doesn't need perfect people. He just needs available people that'll say, God, if I step out, will your power come through me? And watch what happens when God's people start being led by the Spirit of God. This world is not ready for the transformation that can happen. The people that are led by the Spirit of God. Even this morning, I'm, I'm telling you, I tell Pastor JJ, this is the, the last day of a 10-week sabbatical I've been on. Uh, I took it for, to celebrate our 10 years of the church. I've never done this before. And so I've been preached in like nine weeks. I told him, I said, this might be rough. Or it might just go on until like four o'clock in the afternoon because I'm just gonna have a lot to say. I woke up this morning so insecure. So sitting there thinking, God, this church is so incredible and I'm not. They have, so, they have the best preacher in the world and I'm like barely par. And in that moment, I had to have a moment. Do, am, I gonna rely, am I gonna practice what I'm preaching here? And I just had a moment right there, even in my hotel room where I was just on my knees going, God, I can't do it, but you can. I can't change a life, but you can. I can't transform a heart, but you can. And when we rely on God's power, we see God's power in our life. I don't know about you, but I want to be led by the Spirit of God in every area of my life. Do me a favor. Would you stand to your feet all over this room? Those that are watching online, I want to pray for you as we release control to God. We're going to release it. And I believe God's gonna do something so great through your life as you're led by the Spirit. One last story, and then we're gonna close, ready? Um, this summer I took my family on a uh, trip to the Northwest and we went to Oregon and we went on a hike in Oregon. And I told my wife, I said, I said, dear, I said, listen, this hike's easy online. It's called a moderate hike. We can make it. It's like two to three miles and there's an amazing waterfall. We'll get there. Well, moderate didn't mean easy. And we get on this hike and it's fun. The kids are all kind of running around. It's all good. And, and then we get to this place where we, it's about this wide and there's about a 700 foot drop on one side. I've got five kids that are 10 and under. My wife loses it. She's like, Aaron, we cannot do this. I was like, but the waterfall, we gotta get there. She, so I came up with a plan because we were really worried about my two-year-old. My two-year-old is crazy and wild and she wants to run everywhere. So I was, like, I was like, hey baby, you need to come stand next to me. And I grabbed this two-year-old and I put her between me and the cliff <laughs> and I held onto that baby's hand. And I said, come on, let's walk to this waterfall. Let's walk to this waterfall. And I'm telling you, I was determined nothing was gonna happen to that baby girl. Her poor hands were so red. I mean, I was squeezing them so tight. And we made it to that waterfall. She looked at me when we got to the waterfall. She's like, Daddy, I did it. I got it. I walked all the way to the waterfall. And I wanted to look at her and say, you didn't do anything. I did it. When there was a tough rock, I'm pulling you over it. When there's a cliff, I'm keeping you from it. But the fact is, she made it because she had an advocate on her side. You've got an advocate. The Holy Spirit is on your side. So why don't we raise our hands and surrender? And we say, God, lead us. We need you more than ever. Lead us in our relationships. Lead us in our business. Lead us in our spirit. Let every area of our life, Lord, they be led by the Spirit of God. We release control to you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it.
We have a guide. We have an advocate. What is he saying to you right now? Why don't you just be still for just a second and ask the Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? Just be obedient, whatever he says. I think there's some people he's he's leading you to find reconciliation with a relationship others he's leading you to forgiveness somebody that you've pulled back at your generosity and you you've kind of gotten fearful with your giving God's leading you to a generous life he's got a blessing on the other side but you just got to take the risk and honor him there's somebody that you haven't fully committed to being planted here in the church What's the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Just say yes to Him. Some of you, it's a business to start. It's a job to quit. We just say, Holy Spirit, we're available to you. Every day, we will submit ourselves to your plan. Lead us and guide us. Last group, while you're praying in here today, there's one more group of people who you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you have years and years ago and you've walked away from your faith, and the Holy Spirit is drawing you back to Jesus. He's drawing you to that relationship with Him. And I'm telling you, the only way you can get there is that Spirit's drawing you. And you feel it. You feel it in your heart. You feel that tug. You feel that conviction. You go, it's time. It's time for me to surrender. I want you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and surrender today. And that's you today. This is your day of salvation. You go, Aaron, I'm not playing games anymore. I'm going all in with God. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to throw a hand up to heaven right now. And we're going to be so proud of you. We're going to celebrate you. But this is your moment to say, yeah, the Holy Spirit's drawing me to Christ. Today's my day. One two, three. If that's you, throw the hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dozens all over this room. Come on. If you threw that hand up, just take the hand and put it right over your heart. Let's pray this prayer. Why don't we all pray it in this room and everywhere, that everybody that's watching online, let's pray it out loud. Just say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my sin. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. You are my Lord and you're my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.